Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 32. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Chris Biting. And we are here to do what, Chris? Um, um, no, uh, we're here to help the new Mac user, the Mac switcher, even, even old Mac users, anybody that, that just has this Mac and they're like, you know what? I, I just don't know what to do with it or I'm having problems with it. We're, we're here for that kind of stuff. Exactly. And especially for those who recently just got one of these things because you're tired and fed up with the windows way and, uh, You've come over to the Mac side of things, or if you maybe are just considering thinking about buying a Mac, you know this Mac podcast, uh, now in episode number 32, has been responsible. I know for a fact, I have documentation, proof, that we have personally been responsible for over 100 Macs sold to previously Windows-only users. Seriously? Seriously. That's awesome. Is that amazing or what? That is amazing. So uh, lots of We pe- should be expecting our, our checks from Steve in the mail, right? No doubt. We should at least set up some kind of affiliate marketing <laughs> so they'll click on our link to go to the Apple store. But anyway, we're we're glad to be here. We're we're glad that we've gotten people excited about the Mac platform. Obviously, those of you guys who are brand new to the show, my co-host, wonderful co-host, uh, Chris Biting, used to be an Apple Store employee, employed as one of those uh, Mac genie in a bottles or whatever they're called. <laughs> you got to rub me the right way. There you go. And uh, for those of you who may not be aware, I am somebody who just purchased their first Mac computer now one year ago. And uh, and I still have not completely switched to Mac only. So I, I do about 85% of my computing is still on a PC. and uh, But I very much love my Mac. And I will tell you, I do everything in, as it relates to video on my Mac and my Mac only. Yep, and I don't have anything but Macs. So there you go. We <laughs> we are not two t- two peas in a pod, uh, but we definitely give a well-rounded perspective on all things Mac-related, I believe. Yes. So uh, what do we have for news? Uh, something big happened in the world of non-Safari browsing, I believe. <laughs> yes. Um, I have actually switched back now to Firefox. Woo, uh, Fire- yeah! Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Firefox 3 is out. If you go to getfirefox.com, they released it last week. And uh, I have to tell you, man, um, I used to not like Firefox 2 because it slowed down for me quite a bit. But this new Firefox 3 is, is awesome. I think, I think the kids got it right this time. Yes, they did. I love Firefox 3. I, I always enjoyed Firefox 2, to be honest with you. But there were some frustrations there, I must say. And Firefox 3, totally awesome. Yeah, now that's until the new version of Safari comes out at some point. Then I'll probably switch back. But you know, I, I'm I'm using plugins now, and I'm I'm kind of enjoying having that information kind of built into my browser since I've got the browser open 99% of the time anyway. Okay, first of all, what is a plugin? A plugin's a little piece of code or a little program that you can install onto the browser that'll give it extra functionality. For example, I've got two plugins installed right now. 
Uh, one of them is weather, just because I like to kind of know what the temperature is, if there's any kind of severe storms coming, and you know, it gives me a Tuesday or the next day and the day after that. We're taping on Tuesday, uh, so it gives me the the normal forecast for Tuesday and the forecast for Wednesday, which is kind of cool. And then, of course, I've got my company's plugin on it, sharethis.com, um, which allows me to you know to share content and stuff with people all over the web. So sweet. So that's very awesome. And now, for those that are out there and you have not yet switched to Firefox, definitely go to Firefox.com or GetFirefox.com, wherever you want to go get it, and download it, install it. It's absolutely free. It's a wonderful browser. And um, and to, to use these things called add-ons, you might think, oh my gosh, that's too technical for me. Seriously, it's not. Once you install Firefox, it's as simple as you'll see a uh, up in the menu bar, you'll see a section that says tools. You just click mm-hmm. on it, and all you do after that, you click add-ons, and then there's a button that says get add-ons. It'll take you to a web browser, and it could not be any easier than it is. And I, I assure you, you will find an add-on out there that, that just sounds really cool. Oh, you can... You can- Control your iTunes from from the browser. Like I said, weather. You can put to do items. You can put if you use Gmail and you like using the web interface, you can put a little little notifier on there that'll that'll let you know you got new mail. It's really really nice that the it really makes the browser a lot more than just a web browser. Right. And let me tell folks my favorite add-on for uh, Firefox. And and let me tell you why this one's my favorite because I have Firefox three running on my Mac. I have Firefox 3 running on my Skype-only computer, which I'm speaking to Chris on. Mm -hmm. And I have Firefox 3 running on my production computer, which I use to play, you know, this wonderful music there in the background. And so I have Firefox running on three different computers. And at any one time, I may need to use one of those three computers because the other two or the other one is being used currently for something else and I don't want to take away from CPU cycles. The one thing that's frustrating is when you have all of your bookmarks on one on one browser and then you go to another computer it's like oh my gosh I need I wish I could just drop down because I have all my bookmarks there. Well Foxmarks is the most awesome plugin in the world. F O X M-A-R-K-S. In fact, you can go to foxmarks.com and my bookmarks are even available in non-Firefox browsers anywhere in the world. So if I go to a internet cafe and they've got Internet Explorer and I want to be able to look up that you know one website that I hardly ever go to but I know it's in my bookmarks section, I just go to foxmarks.com, sign in with my username and password, Boom, all of my bookmarks there. And what it does is if I make a change, if I delete a bookmark or add a new bookmark, which I'm, can, I have one folder of bookmarks, it's called Check This Out. Basically, it's all these cool things that I get emailed about, all these things I find. It's like, oh, I'd love to spend some time checking this site out, but I don't have time right now. And so when I have dead time, and I know that's few and far between, but when I have dead time, I always like to click on my little folder that says check out. And I've got 30 or 40 different sites that I can check out uh, that I know that I want to check out and see a little bit more about what this site all has to offer. Yeah. And I can do that from any of my browsers. But if and what's cool is every time I add a new item, this Foxmarks add-on synchronizes with the storage space that's free out on the web. And so that every time I 
sign in to Firefox from a different browser that I have set up with it as well, it automatically synchronizes it synchronizes all of that stuff. And in the chat room, they're asking, is Firefox free? Absolutely. Firefox 3 is absolutely free. Wonderful tool. I absolutely it, love it. Yeah, it just goes to show that, that there is a lot of great software for the Mac and for other, you know, for Windows and Linux and whatnot that doesn't cost a dime. And it's awesome. Firefox is, is a great example of that. Exactly. So that's good news for Mac users. And, uh, I, 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 you know, one of the things that I think really helped me to adopt the Mac quicker than anything else was the fact that Firefox was available for the Mac. I was a strong, diehard Firefox-only user on the PC side of things. And when I Mm -hmm. got my Mac, the first application I installed was Firefox. And as soon as I installed it, it it was an almost identical web browsing experience bar none oh and, yeah and it's like it's like well what's the big deal it, it, it's just another computer for me and then all of a sudden it really helped me to to incorporate and get the you know that at home feel with well, the what's, mac what's great about the the plugins and the add-ons and all that kind of stuff is it for the most part they're really uh platform independent so you know we're talking about these great plugins uh, like Fox Marks and things like that. If you've got a PC or Linux or or Macintosh, this stuff will work for you just fine. That's right. Absolutely. So, yeah, Firefox 3, awesome. Glad it came out, and uh, I've switched to it, and I'm a believer now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep rocking the Firefox for now. Very cool. So um, now it's been one week since we've given our response to the uh, keynote from last week. Uh, I wanted to ask you, has there been anything else out there, Chris, that you've heard regarding the iPhone, the iPhone App Store, anything else out there that's maybe excited you or got you a little upset? What's going on? Well, um, I think I, 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 I've kind of am leaning now towards getting the new iPhone. Um, I know that a few weeks ago I said I wasn't going to, but the more I think about it, I'm, I'm not going to get it right away. I'm not going to be waiting in line July 11th and, and get it. But in a few months or so, I probably will end up getting it. One, I just want more storage. Okay. You know, and the 3G doesn't hurt. Um, the, the the 15 extra dollars a month for text messaging and the 3G does sting a little bit. But, you know, I was paying $15 a month for you know, Audible. So I just decided to, to cancel Audible and kind of just move that money over. But um, there was a couple interesting things that, that have kind of shaken out now that, you know, it's been over and the, the, the RDF has worn off and, and you know, we, we got a chance to kind of look at everything from a distance. And what I, I'm looking at and kind of excited about is 10.6, which is uh, the new version of the operating system. Uh, they just announced it. It's called Snow Leopard. And what they're going to focus on is just making the operating system better. They're not going to add any new features. At least that's what they're saying. Um, they're just going to work on making OS 10 as fast and as stable and as good as it can be. And I think that's awesome. And I don't think it's going to cost the normal $129. I think this is going to be a free upgrade or very, very cheap. That is awesome. Do you have any idea when something like that might be available or is it just way too t- soon to tell? Next year sometime. Next year sometime? Yeah. And for those, of, for, for those old school Mac users, um, when 10 first came out, 10.1 came out, uh, about six months or so later, and it was a free update. And then 10.2 came out, and it was it you know it cost money. And then 10.3 came out, and so they've been known to kind of give incremental updates for free. 
So I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is free or very, very cheap. And I, it's going to be worth it if it makes the computer faster and more stable. And maybe it, it, it does, I've heard it does add a couple different things and new file systems and stuff like that. But, you know, it's awesome. Very cool. Well, I still have my Tiger on my MacBook, and I will tell you, it, it still runs beautifully. And at this point, there's only one piece of software so far that is out there that I would I would probably buy uh, and use, but it requires Leopard, and that is ScreenFlow. ScreenFlow. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would be very eager to, to use that. Um, however, I've chosen not to upgrade the Leopard yet. Uh, just because, well, everything works perfectly and I can do everything I want to do. And I still use I Show You. And I, it's like, you know what? I already paid money for mm. I Show You. And so, I mean, I know ScreenFlow has some pretty neat well, features. I, I'm one of those guys. I was waiting in line for, to get 10.5. You know? yep. I mean, I, I, went, I went to the Apple store like two hours before the store, well, the store was closed when I got there. You know, and the, the store opened at 6 and they released... Uh, leopard at six o'clock on that friday and uh it was kind of fun just to kind of wait in line and talk to all the mac nerds and you know everybody's getting pumped up and they were they were passing out free coffee and free drinks and stuff so i love doing this kind of stuff right yeah i i that and there's nothing wrong with that in fact i i i think it's it's cool to be as interested in something as you are into the mac and and you know what i'm i'm really starting to understand the coolness factor of, of a lot of the things that mac does and and it, it for me it it's you know I, I I still like I said I haven't quite gone into Mac only world yet and 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 of course it's it's really my audio editing that has uh, kept me over here and uh, as soon as I get an opportunity the the next thing I do want to check out is this program and I keep for, Sound Studio three. And it, I, if I could get some, you know, Sound Studio three, if that that company wanted to offer me a free version of their software to try it out and, and stuff like that, it probably would be a good thing. I, I, I probably if I, if I did if I totally didn't like it, I'd probably just not say anything. But if I really liked it, I wouldn't only say anything here, but I might consider using it on a regular basis. And not only that, but doing lots of uh, webinars. In fact, uh, one of the things I've been doing is webinars uh, now. If you go to gspn.tv slash webinar, you'll see that I do Podcasting 101, WordPress for Podcasters 101, um, Open Lab Consulting, and then I also do Audio Editing 101 for PC users. <laughs> and the reason why is because I don't want to. I don't want to do a webinar on how to do audio editing on the Mac, just because I personally have chosen not to do it yet myself. So, yeah, pe- people are saying in the chat room that uh, Mac Heist currently has a bundle going on right now for uh, forty nine dollars, and it does include Sound Studio, which is normally an eighty dollar piece of software by itself. Exactly. Yeah, I, I understand that, but right now with finances being super super tight around here. Uh, it, you know, forty nine bucks is just not going to to happen at this moment in time. But, but like I said, if if anybody's out there and they have any connections with those folks that run uh, Sound Studio three, I, I I know somebody who would be willing to do a wonderful review of it, and uh, and give some uh, some good good feedback. Alrighty, well, let's go into some questions. Yeah, let's do that. So, All right. Carrie wrote in, right? She did. And uh, she just got to 10.5, and she was thinking about doing something called an erase and install. 
And it, it's exactly what you think it is. When you, when you get a new version of the operating system for the Mac, you have a couple choices on what you can do. One of them is upgrade, and that, that'll just take the existing operating system, upgrade the operating system, and you know keep all your settings and stuff like that, and then you, you, know, you have your machine. The next thing is to do something called an archive and install. And what it does is it will take your user settings and your documents and all that kind of stuff because that's all included in your, in your home folder. And your home folder contains everything about your user account, your settings, your background, the, the documents that you create, your iTunes music, your iPhoto photos, iMovie, all, all that kind of data is in your home folder. So what it does is it takes your home folder and kind of pushes it off to the side erases your operating system, and then installs the new one and migrates all that stuff back over. Uh, the final option is erase and install. And what that does, that'll just completely clean out the hard drive and install the system fresh. And what I recommend to people is if you've got another machine or you're, you, know, you bought a new machine or anything like that, I like doing an erase and install just in case there's any kind of problems with the hard drive you know, in formatting it. It'll kind of reset it and get it back to square one. So she's going to do that. And uh, she says she has uh, taken her drive and copied it on the two different backups. So she has you know, her old data on, on, a, on a separate external hard drive. Okay. And she said, I'll use the migration assistant to migrate everything back to my clean install of 10.5. And what that means is when you when you install the operating system new or when you buy a new Mac, if you have an old Mac, you have the option of migrating your data. What it does is it takes that user folder and basically copies it over and kind of gets the whole computer set up using that profile. So when you power it on, it's just like it was before, only it's an, on a new machine and it's the new operating system. It's very, very cool and it works great. Wow, that's that's very awesome. Something yeah. that you just wish that the PC people had, you know, or PC users wish they I, had. I, I want to say Vista has it, but I don't know how well it works. I gotcha. So. gotcha. And with Windows, you know, there's so much different hardware combinations and yep. and this, that, and the other. It's, it, 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 it could probably get kind of hairy. Anyway, she read on a forum somewhere that she should deactivate her iTunes account before installing Leopard this way, and she wants to know if this is true. And unfortunately, the, the answer is yes. Um, every time that you install a new version of the operating system from, from scratch, you erase your hard drive and install it over, and you dump all your iTunes over, and you go to authorize your first song, it does, the machine thinks it's a, it's a whole different computer, so it'll authorize one of your five uh, computers, because iTunes allows you to put your song library on five machines, whether it be Mac or PC. So, like for me, I've got two laptops. So my iTunes music is the same on both laptops, and I'm allowed to have them on there because you're allowed to have five machines. Now, if let's say I had my old computer for my old job and I forgot to deactivate iTunes like I did, um, that burns up one of those authorizations. So right now I've got five out of five computers that are authorized to play my library, but I only have two computers in my possession. Right. So it's not a huge problem that you only have four left. Right, and, and let's say I got into that, I got five out of five, and I sold both of my machines, and I went to get another machine, and I'm, I'm out of luck. I'm like, oh no, I can't authorize any more machines. You can do once a year a global erase of all the authorizations in your account. So you can just go, I don't have any more of these machines. You blow them out, and then you just reauthorize one by one. Right, so. and, and that, you have to call Apple, and they'll, they'll walk you through that. Mm-hmm. Yep, very cool. So um, we've, we've got a new user in our chat room. I, I don't have their name, 
Um, but they did ask a couple questions, and, and these are really, really easy questions. I just want to answer them. Sure, really, really absolutely. Fast. And we're here to uh, ask, answer questions. They just bought a brand new iMac, uh, and they said they have no clue what this, <laughs> what it is, which is fine. Uh, an iMac is is the consumer based desktop. You know, it's got the the screen and the computer all built into the display. It's it's a beautiful piece of machinery. Cliff and I both wish. Uh, when we were purchasing our laptops, we could go back in time and buy iMacs because they're they're a great balance of uh, price and speed and power and beauty. It's it's just a great machine. Now, uh, the question that they had was, should I put my computer to sleep or shut it down at night? And um, that's more of a personal thing. Do keep in mind if you're trying to be part of this whole green movement, you know, trying to save some money on your electric bill. Uh, that when you put it to sleep, it is still using a little bit of power uh, to keep you know the 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 data that's in your in your RAM refreshed. So it is using a little bit of power. I would probably say not a whole lot to worry about. Um, if you're just going to you you know stop using your computer for the night or for a few hours or a day, go ahead and put it to sleep. Um, if you're going to go on vacation for a week or you're not going to use it for three or four days. Or you're going to take it somewhere, obviously you want to shut it down. And that's, you know, with my laptop, I very rarely do I ever shut it down. I always kind of keep it asleep. Very cool. Well, hey, I, I'm sorry. Go quick, ahead, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the next question I had, should you turn off your Com- Comcast cable at night? I don't think so. If your computer's asleep or shut off, no one's going to use it. So I wouldn't worry about that. Yep. All right. So, Chris, I have a question for you. Um, and, of course, I even called you. Uh, outside of uh, our normal podcasting hours to ask you this. Uh, A friend of mine, uh, she just recently received uh, a gift of a brand new MacBook Pro. And she had an old uh, Mac computer uh, that she decided to sell. And I think she sold it to a next door neighbor. And so she called me up and said, you know, I'm getting ready. He's getting ready to take uh, possession of of my old Mac. I've gotten all my data over to the new one. However, I want to make sure it's all erased off of my computer, how can I get, how can I rest assured that all of my data is uh, taken care of? Now, you gave me a couple steps that she could do, and I was wondering if you might be interested in just sharing that here in the Help I Got a Mac podcast. Sure. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I told you. You told uh, me about creating a new user? Yeah. Now, if you want to, if you're going to give this to someone you know, or, you know, you've got some applications on there that, Let's say, let's say like I was giving my laptop to my mom and I know there's some applications on here that she doesn't have and I'm probably not going to use like Microsoft Office. I've got Office installed on my laptop, on my personal laptop and if I gave it to her, I probably on my new laptop wouldn't install Office or something like that. Um, what you can do if you want to preserve those programs and things like that, what I would do is I would create a new user and then log out of the machine, log back into the machine as that new user now, and, first of all, that new user that you create, make sure you give them administrator status. Exactly. Okay. Um, the next thing, once you're logged into that new user account, go in and delete the old user. Now, before you do that, you want to make sure that all your data is backed up and all that kind of stuff because it is going to delete that home folder so all your music and movies and, and pictures and all that kind of stuff are going to be gone. Yep. And that's what she wanted. Yeah, and, that, that, and that'll work just fine. Very cool. Yeah, so, now if someone was real like slick and super hackable, they could probably get some software for ProSoft engineering and, and unerase it. But honestly, it's for for ninety nine percent of the people that's not even going to be an issue. Gotcha, absolutely. 
Alrighty, so uh, I'll tell you what, we have another um, email that came in uh, and some other write-in questions, but before we do that, let's go to our voicemail line where Vinny called in. Now, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that you can call in your questions here at uh, Help I Got a Mac. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The voicemail line's open for you. Just go ahead and give us a call at area code 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. And with that, let's see what Vinny had to say. Hi, Cliff. This is Vinny from New York, and I'm calling for the Help I Got a Mac podcast. I'm sure that some of your listeners are not Mac switchers, but are Mac wannabes, people like me who have a Windows computer who are interested in switching over to the Mac. The Apple Educator discount knocks $100 off of the price of most of the Macs at least. Now, this summer, there's also a deal where you get a $300 rebate if you get an 8-gigabyte iPod Nano or iPod Touch. Well, that pretty much wipes away the cost, the total cost for the iPod. So my plan is to use the educator discount, buy myself a MacBook and an iPod Touch, The iPod Touch will replace my Palm Pilot. The MacBook will replace my Vista PC. And I'll get $1,500 worth of gear for $1,000. So that's my plan, and I thought maybe I would share it with listeners who may not be up on all of the educational pricing. Thanks a lot. I love the show. Talk to you soon. Vinny, that is awesome information, and uh, I would assume that works for both students and the educators as well. Isn't that correct, Chris? Yeah, and uh, if you go to the Apple Store, let's just say that you're trying to game the system, and I don't recommend doing it, obviously, just because, you know. Because of integrity. Exactly. You should have Um, character, right? Right. If you go into the Apple Store and you're, let's say you're an educator, you will have to show proof of, of, you know, a, a teaching certificate or something that attaches you to the school. Um, and that's for K through 12 teachers and administrative staff only. Um, if you are a college student, you have to show your ID or be able to print off a copy of your current schedule, something like that. That's in the store now. Now, with that being said, you can get the deal online in on on the website, and I think they use an honor system. Um, I, I don't know how they verify if you're a student or not, but I, I do know that those deals are available on the online store as well. Yeah, in fact, uh, when you go to apple.com, I think you have to scroll down somewhere to get to the educational pricing section of the site. Yeah, and I don't know if they do an audit on that or not. Uh, Like I said, I I believe it's just based on the the honor roll. So if you do it, you're not really, you know, you're you're affecting your karma. (laughs) Wink, wink, nudge, (laughs) nudge. Um, But yeah, so there you go. It it is a way to save money and, and get a free iPod Touch. Right, so... Again, think about your integrity when you do that. <clears throat> so, uh, just at the, at the very least, go sign up for some classes. You know, who, who who couldn't improve upon their personal development in life by taking a couple online classes or or a couple classes at your local university to help bone up on something new, right? Exactly. And if you're a new Mac user and you're thinking about getting speaking of classes, um, we here at the, uh, at Help I Got Mac really do recommend. Um, you know, the one-on-one class is for $99. I, I think it's a great deal. You get one class a week, uh, one-on-one. 
you know, at the Apple store, I, I, we're not obviously not paid by Apple. It would be nice if we were. Um, but I recommend those classes if you're a new Mac user. Uh, we can only cover so much on our, on our show, but you know, feel free to ask us questions at any, at any time. Absolutely. Please do ask your questions. Area code 859-795-4067. And Vinny, thank you again for calling in. Let's move on to our next caller, or not a next caller, our next question uh, from Zero IQ. Okay, uh, they said, hi, y'all. Now that I have my first Mac, I've begun to have a few questions. I don't know if it's possible, but does anyone know if I can start Microsoft Messenger included with Office 2008 and Skype so only their icons are displayed in the dock without the main window open on the desktop? Thanks. Um, I'm not sure what they're asking. I, I, I think what you can do, uh, a lot of Mac, pro- all Mac programs, and a lot of people don't realize this, uh, let's say I start up Skype and... Yep. The Skype, you know, the main contact screen opens up and I see my list of names and stuff. If I click on that little red X, that means close the window, it doesn't quit the application. Okay. It keeps the application running, it just closes that window. So if you want to launch Microsoft Messenger and Skype, but just want to keep those icons down in the dock, just go ahead and close those windows. And the programs are still running. You just need to, if you want to bring that window back up again, all you need to do is click on the icon at the bottom of the dock. Right. Now, is that the same effect as doing an Alt-H for hide? Uh, not yes. not Alt-H, but uh, Command-H? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like the uh, the Command-H option, and, and it does allow you to close those windows. And it and it, it, it doesn't bring it down in the little, if you use the minimize, it's going to do the little genie effect and it's going to put it down there in your dock as one of the open applications. But if you do the command H or the red button, it will appear, it would kind of, dis, it'll make the program disappear. One question for you though, Chris, and I, of course, all the applications I use on a regular basis are in my dock. What happens if you have an application that's in your dock, or that's not typically situated in your dock? And then you do a command H. Does it does it put that icon down in the dock while it's there, open running? Well, anytime an application is running, it's going to put the the dock or going to put an icon in the dock unless you have an application that puts it in the top toolbar. That and you know, if I'm not mistaken, I, I'm wondering if that's something that they're looking for. You know how you you have the on the on the Windows side of the thing, you can get it to where it's it's not taking a tab down on the menu bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet you have your little status window on the bottom right-hand corner. Just like on the top right-hand corner of your Mac, you have your, your menu bar up there. Is it yeah, possible to get Skype to only show up there? Not that I'm aware of. Certain pro- the programs, I believe, have to be written specifically to access that. I know programs like I use like Twitterific and uh, Spanning Sync both don't display icons anywhere but there unless you specifically tell them not to, you know, to, or, or unless you specifically tell them to put an icon in, in the desktop. Or in the dock. Gotcha. Alrighty, so let's see here. Um, we have one other question. I'm not exactly sure how you say the name in the uh, from the the forum, but anyway, it's something regarding the SciStar Open Computer. We discussed this on the last pod, or well, on a previous podcast. I don't think it's a very good deal at all. Three hundred ninety nine dollars is is an attractive price. But if you add $155 for them to install Leopard, at that point, you still ha- don't have FireWire, Bluetooth, or wireless. You also don't get Apple support or the ability to upgrade your OS or iLife. And so I, we completely agree, and I think we pretty much poo-pooed the idea of the, op- of the SciStar open computer when it came out. And we, it was a big news item, didn't we? 
Yeah, it's too much trouble than it's worth. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Alrighty. So uh, anyway, we thank you very much for posting that in the Help I Got a Max section of our forum, which can be found, of course, over at gspn.tv slash forum. Yep. And Zero IQ wrote with another question uh, saying, hi, y'all. Uh, as a Mac owner, I'm looking around for some nice software. One thing, one, one thing I'm looking for is a quote-unquote universal media player. Does one exist for OS X? I'm looking for a player that can play AVI files, MKV, Windows Media, as well as DivX, XVID, and H2.64. Does anyone know the perfect player? And uh, there's really two options you can do with this. Um, if you're looking, you know, if you download videos off the internet or if you get Windows uh, videos from your Windows friends, uh, there's sometimes in goofy formats that you can't really play on your machine. Um, one of the best media players out there is free. is a program called VLC. Absolutely the most awesome player in the world. Right. And uh, if you just do a Google search for v- uh, VLC, you'll find it. Um, the next thing, then this is one thing I always do when I have a new Mac. And uh, as some of you know, I started a new, a new job, so I got a brand new MacBook Pro, and I'm still kind of getting it to the way I want it, you know. And the first one of the first things I do is download a program called Parian, and it's P-E-R-I-A-N dot O-R-G. And what it does is it adds uh, it's a plugin for QuickTime that adds a lot of video components. Uh, to the to QuickTime, so you don't even have to play anything in VLC. You just play it right in QuickTime. And the file formats that it allows are AVIs, FLVs, MKVs, DivX, 3XVID, H.264, FLV. It, it pretty much any video format that you want to do, with the exception of Windows Media, which you do have to download from Microsoft, but it does add a plugin in the QuickTime also. I can pretty much play every file that VLC does right within QuickTime using Parian. Right. And Chris, would you mind putting the, the link to Parian in the uh, chat room there? Okay, sure, it's P-E-R-I-A-N dot org. All righty. And, and you, did you say that goes with VLC or QuickTime? Uh, QuickTime. That goes to QuickTime. Very cool. And Brent was asking, can VLC play videos with uh, Windows Media DRM? Uh, no, there is no player for the Mac right now that plays anything with uh the uh, plays for sure DRM or the Zune DRM. That's correct. However, if you are looking to play some Windows Media files, um, I will tell you VLC will sometimes work with that. I've been able to get VLC to open up a stream of Windows Media stream from some of the public radio stations out there. Uh, but mm-hmm. also there is um, Flip for Mac as well. Yes. That gives you the ability to do that. That's F-L-I-P, the number four. M-A-C, I believe. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. All right, very cool. All right, Melinda wrote in. She wants to know something about resizing columns in the open dialog box. I think we had this question, or she was commenting on it, but she was listening to episode number 14 uh, of the podcast Answer Man, and the question was posed. I wonder if, I think she was probably meant the help I got a Mac, but anyway, uh, and the question was posed about widening all columns in the open dialog box and how you can't use the command option double click uh, that can be used in the uh, normal finder window. She says, in both finder windows and file browser dialog box, if you hold down the option key and drag one column and all the columns will resize uh, at the same time, it takes a little bit more effort than the command option double click, but not much. 
Now, yeah. I, I have no doubt that everybody's like, what did he just say? <laughs> and if you want to, you can go to help. I got, or you can go to gspn.tv slash forum and just look for the, um, the topic in the help. I got a Mac section that says resizing columns in open dialogue box. And yeah, those, I, we, we got in a big discussion about that. And I, I think I ended up finally agreeing with you. Yeah. That, 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 that our way is not necessarily the awkward way. Right. Exactly. The Apple way sometimes falls short. Is that what is that is that what you agreed to there, Chris? I did, and especially agreed to it uh, when when they made the changes in uh, in Leopard to get rid of the um, the fanning and grid views. You could change those out. Um, a lot of people really hated those. That you could you could drag your documents folder down into the dock and you know have an, a quick access to it. And what it did when you clicked on it, it either fanned out all these icons or brought them up in a grid. And really, all you wanted to do was just have a list of, of files there. And they didn't let you do that. And people complained and complained. People made hacks for it to work. And finally, in, I think it was uh, 10.5.2 maybe, Apple said, okay, you guys win, and gave you the option to switch it back to the way it was in 10.4. Sweet. I love when that happens. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. Hey, Steve, Cupertino people. Hey, listen, we want copy and paste on our iPhones, my friend. Anyway. I've I've heard rumors that, that that is coming. Yeah, that it has to. I mean, come on. Oh yeah, there's been some times Vin, where Vinny's even getting rid of his Palm Pilot or his uh, Pocket PC or PDA, whatever. He's going to yeah. go to a touch. You can't do personal digital assistant stuff without copy and paste. Oh no, believe me. There's been now that I'm using my iPhone for work. Uh, there's been plenty of of work related emails I've gotten where I wish I could have copied and pasted yes. something, and I can't. So exactly, exactly. So uh, just one, I, I want to throw out two regular, uh, just everyday kind of, I just got my very first Mac and opened it up. Can you help answer this simple question? Sure. Uh, two things. First of all, um, is there a way to turn off that little startup chime that's played every time you power up your Mac? Now, I know that you go out to these meetings and stuff like that, and you're getting ready to be bored to tears in one of these sessions, and you just want to pop open your lap book and browse on the free Wi-Fi available at the little conference center there, and the next thing you know, you get... <laughs> Any way to turn that off, Chris? Uh... Yes. <laughs> um, n- normally, when you when you turn off your machine and it's muted, it won't happen when you turn it back on. Uh, you can also set it. Um, I'm looking here. I believe there's a program called Onyx that'll do it. But I'm trying to see if there's a real simple little program. Bum, bum, bum. Ah, if you go to lifehacker.com here. Okay. There's a program called. Startup sound dot preference pane, and uh, I'll get you a link here in a second. It's from Japan, so um, this is something you're definitely have to gonna put in your in the show notes here. Alrighty, yeah, we will have to put that in the show notes. But there's a program out there that'll allow you to add that to your preference pane, and that way you'll have it to where it becomes an option, I guess, to turn that yep. off at startup. So. Yep. Alrighty, and then the other question, of course, for me, and this was huge for me. I I opened up, I got my MacBook, and you know, with every laptop that runs Windows f- I, ever that I've ever had, 
there is always the ability to go into your power options and it would give you the option of what you want your computer to do when you shut the lid. Mm-hmm. Not with the Mac. Not with the Mac. Um, if you have a, key, a USB keyboard or a Bluetooth keyboard plugged into it and you shut the lid, there is – actually, it might be just USB. It won't turn off the – well – Think it, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to remember now. I believe if you have the key, if you have an external keyboard plugged in and a display plugged in, and you shut the lid, it won't shut it off. Now there is a little hack. Yes, um, and you told me about it, and I love it. And I don't have it right here in front of me. If you, Cliff, if you I can will. let us know what it, it is. It is Insomnia X. Insomnia, the letter X, and Good. it is one very awesome little free program that I could not live without because I am consistently going up and down stairs with my Mac. Um, I, I leave the Mac in the studio probably almost all the time. Occasionally, mm-hmm. however, we will rent a movie from iTunes and hook up the external video cable and watch it on the TV. And to do that, I grab the Mac and take it upstairs. I personally do not like walking around with a Mac or with a laptop with the lid open. I, it's just mm-hmm. it's just not comfortable uh, I, I prefer to close it. but It's kind of scary. Yeah. But I do not like the thing going into sleep mode or shut down or anything else when I'm carrying my Mac. I, I mean, I know I'm not going to drop it. I'm not, I'm not going to jostle the hard drive. I'm just going to gently walk up the steps. Yeah. So Insomnia X, I love you. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. <laughs> Alrighty, so with that, I think that pretty much wraps up this show. However, we have an announcement that we talked about before we started recording. And uh, I've decided uh, that we are not going to withhold every other episode from non-plus members. This, you know, this podcast is something that we want to do here uh, and continue to provide all the episodes for free. Because, you know what, um, w- one of the things that I don't want to happen is people feel like they can't call and leave their questions for fear that we might answer their questions on a week that's a plus member only podcast. However, with that said, I do, I, I do want people to continue to please consider becoming a gspn.tv plus member. This is what I do for a living. And so if you find this podcast beneficial to you in any way, shape, form whatsoever, would you go to gspn.tv slash plus and consider becoming a plus member? And uh, with that, Chris, thank you once again, my friend. Thank you, brother. All right. We will be back next week. We record this show live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at gspn.tv slash live and if you go to the apple store when you're buying your brand new computer that brand new macbook and you see somebody else getting their macbook just tell them say hey what you need to do you need to go to help i got a mac.com all right we're out of here see you bye bye